Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all-around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Coming to you live from Houston, Texas, home to the world's largest medical center. This is Your Health First, the most beneficial health program on radio with Dr. Joe Galati. During the next hour, you'll learn about health, wellness, and the prevention of disease. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, a good Sunday evening to everybody. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Another Sunday evening, another installment of Your Health First. We're here every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. bringing everybody the best in health and wellness, make you better consumers of health care, allow you to commit yourselves to understanding and participating in your own health and wellness, and taking command of your health. That's the main thing. You don't want to be a passive observer on the sidelines. That's for losers. We got winners here on this program. You have to be involved and listen to your body. And, you know, that I think is going to be the next book I'm going to write, Listening to Your Body. And I've been thinking about it. It really would be pretty easy for me to put together on how are you supposed to listen to your body? And, and I was thinking of having a book that would be outlined literally from head to toe and everything in between, where I would uh, outline with the help of experts. And uh, imagine if we had something along the lines of headaches. What is the various causes of headaches? Listening to your body. And I would team up with, let's say, a neurologist or a psychiatrist that may be able to add some pearls of wisdom to this. And so it really would be an expert book. I have to write that down and uh, start thinking about that. But, but so many patients that I see, their body is, is, is talking to them, literally. They're not hearing voices. They're not psychotic. But their body is telling them things. Something hurts. Something is discolored. That the function of a particular organ doesn't seem right. And the body is there saying, hey, hey, buddy, go check this out. Something is wrong. But you, you just are not on the same frequency with your body. And days, weeks, months, years go by. And then when you do finally walk into the doctor's office or get something done, 
you find out that it is a little too late or it is more far gone than you thought. And then you say, holy smokes, I should have done something earlier. But I would say only if you were listening to your body. So anyway, um, the name of the program that you're listening to right now, Your Health First, go to our website, drjogalati.com. drjogalati.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Check out all of our social media, our blogs, our video, and all of the different links to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my practice, Liver Specialist of Texas, and of course, yourhealthfirst.com. It is all there. If you go to drjogalati.com. And the best part, when you sign up for a newsletter, you'll get a free chapter of the audiobook, Eating Yourself Sick, which I wrote late last year. So that is it. All right. So for the um, first segment tonight, and I, I do hope you're all having a great Sunday and getting prepared for Monday and what are you going to eat and what are you going to feed your children for school. Uh, there was a new Harvard study that came out within, uh, it's probably been about two weeks, and it has to do with push-ups. And this is, this is a pretty fascinating study. What they found is they looked at middle-aged men. And at baseline of the study, which they followed these men for 10 years, this is a pretty robust study. They basically said, how many push-ups can you do? Get on the ground and do as many push-ups as you can. Well, what they found is that the magic number for push-ups was 40. 40 or more push-ups was an excellent sign that you were going to be protected against cardiovascular disease, namely heart failure and heart attack. And what they found is that the men that could do less than 10 push-ups were at a significantly higher risk of cardiovascular disease. And so men that were able to do 40 push-ups had a 96% reduced risk of cardiovascular disease. 96%. That's practically 100% reduced risk, which means you were not going to suffer a cardiovascular disease event. So 96% reduced risk compared to whether or not you could do fewer than 10 push-ups, which is pretty strong. This actually, doing the push-ups, was a better indicator than a submaximal treadmill test. So what we had been, you know, over the years, you thought, get on a treadmill, and that would be an indicator. Now it is a push-up. So I would say two things. One, take stock in your own health. Can you get down and do 20 or 30 push-ups or 40? Now, if you can't do 40 tonight, and we're taking a commercial right now, think about what you need to do to, to build it to build it up. All right? If you could do 10 today in a few months, can you do 20, et cetera, et cetera. But also for my doctor colleagues, is it time we have our patients get on the ground and do push-ups? 
It's a lot cheaper than sending them for a stress test. Something to think about. All right, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's always a pleasure being here with you. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. I'll be right back. The name of the program is Your Health First. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Get a copy of a chapter of my new book, Eating Yourself Sick, an audio copy. You can listen to that. The book is available on Amazon. It is available on Barnes & Noble. You could get it on the Audible site, which is sort of part of Amazon, and of course, Kindle, Eating Yourself Sick. And uh, of course, drjoegalati.com, sign up for a newsletter. It's going to be going out this coming week. The... um, we tend to have the the monthly newsletter go out towards the end of each month, which is coming up now. All right, what I wanted to chat about for a, a few minutes is is something that I have been doing in my office for the past almost four years. I have to look to see if we're almost in our fifth year. And actually, I am heading up to New York next week to be on TV. It's going to be in the local Metro New York. I'll be posting it on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I guess also on drjogalati.com. You might be able to get it online. It's the, the Fox 5 affiliate in New York City. And it is the 6 o'clock broadcast, which is 5 o'clock here on uh, Monday night, next, a week from this coming Monday. And I'm going to be talking about the produce giveaway that we do in our office. And as I said earlier, we've been doing this for maybe even five years. And as as it goes, of course, a lot of the discussion with uh, I have with my patients has to do with food. If you are a regular listener of this program or you know me, You know that food and cooking and meal preparation and eating as a family and setting that kitchen table and and being with your children and the ones you love is so, so, so important for your mental health and your physical health and your spiritual health. It really is, is something magnificent to see. And so a few years ago, when we were talking with patients, I realized that they were eating out so much and it was having a negative impact on their health. Because as I have been saying, eating out is a hazard to your health. So I was getting a bit frustrated with a number of patients in that they were just not familiar with various vegetables and fruits and how to prepare them. And so I brought in with me a bag of, uh, of uh, butternut squash, all right? 
And I brought probably about eight or 10 butternut squash. And when I was talking to patients that I felt would benefit from this, I would hand them out and I gave them some instructions on how to make it. And it really was something. It really was able to transform a lot of these individuals and their families and their children to rethink how to cook because so many people get into a rut where they just make green beans. They just make cauliflower and they've never experienced a joy. And to me, it is absolute joy of cooking zucchini and squash and eggplant and asparagus and Brussels sprouts and all the different greens. And so we have launched the uh, Great American Produce Giveaway Something I made up. It's got, you know, it's a Joe Galati name. And so we've been doing this for some time. And with my marvelous staff at the practice, which is Liver Specialists of Texas, on a regular day, we have our dietitian really leading the charge, Anna Stuckley. We are giving out every day red peppers, green peppers, uh, uh, beets. A lot of people have never held beets in their hand still with the dirt on it. But anyway, I am uh, heading up to New York to do an interview. I did a New York, uh, I did an interview earlier this week on Fox 26, and it's posted on the website. You can take a look at it if you didn't see it. But I really think that this is more of a message to my fellow healthcare providers that may be listening tonight. We have to do more than just tell our patients, eat more fruits and vegetables. And that is the problem. A lot of the times physicians will tell them, you just need to exercise more. You need to get more sleep. You need to cut down on alcohol. You need to eat more fruits and vegetables. But it ends there. So many people are just starving for information. They're starving for getting the lead and direction. And they need that passion from their their physician or nurse practitioner or physician assistant. And so I, I uh, beg those listening tonight, contact me. Go to drjoegalati.com. Send me an email. Send me a message. If you want to get the, the secret sauce on how we do it for our patients. And I do think that in the future, more and more medical practices are going to be involved in dispensing healthful food. Better than medicine. We give out medicine. We give out samples. Why can't we give out a sample of a zucchini? What on earth is wrong with that? Why are people looking at us to say, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. I don't need to do that. I'm a doctor. Well, yeah, I'm a doctor too, and I think it's very important. So what I do want for everybody listening tonight is feedback. I need to hear feedback from everybody. DrJoeGalati.com. Go there. There's an area to contact me, and I want to know what you think. Do you believe your doctor would ever give out a zucchini? Is it a matter that they are interested in cooking and nutrition? Is it that they do care or don't care? They're too busy? They're thinking about other issues related to the delivery of healthcare. But I do really want to hear what the listeners are talking about. 
Because depending on the feedback I get from all of you and my patients, it drives me to expand the program. How, how can we take this to the next level? Because so many chronic illnesses that are out there stemming from obesity, and let's face it, it is obesity. People are eating the wrong things. A steady diet of fast food, drive through eating out at restaurants, having Captain Crunch for breakfast is not the way to stay healthy. And so you have to eat better. A lot of people, a lot of my patients, and I talk to thousands of patients every year, and many, many, many thousands over the last 30 years, they want to try. They want to do better, but they need direction. That's not a sign of weakness. That is a sign that we need to listen better and help our patients out. All right. Let's take a break. You still have to try your push-ups that I was talking about uh, before. So we'll give that a try. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. DrJoeGalati.com is our website. Go there. Sign up for our newsletter. It's going to be going out this week. Trying to make you better consumers one listener at a time. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Raising your health IQ one listener at a time. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. This is Your Health First. Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. drjoegalati.com. Go there right now. Hope you're having a great Sunday evening. The weather has been a little up and down, but uh, that's it. Spring will be here soon enough. Can't wait for that. And like I said, drjoegalati.com, drjoegalati.com. All of our contact information is there, ranging from Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, our practice, liver specialist of Texas. If you want to see me for a liver ailment, digestive issue, screening, colonoscopy, drjoegalati.com is the way to get in touch with me. All right. Uh, this segment, we're going to be talking about things in the news. I will post these on the Facebook page as well. But you have to go to, well, you could, if you go to Facebook, Dr. Joe Galati, at Dr. Joe Galati, is our Facebook address. Sign up, and uh, that way you'll be in touch with uh, all of us, what we're doing. Okay. The first article is out of Albany, New York, the capital of my home state, New York. And the headline is, Albany Man's Obituary. Quote, if you're a smoker... Quit now, end quote. 
So what this guy did was a man from Albany who recently died of lung cancer had a simple message in his obituary. If you're a smoker, quit now. The Times Union of Albany reports 66-year-old Joff Turner wanted to warn others not to make the mistake he did in a self-written obituary published last Saturday. The suburban Albany resident died February 13th, about three months after he was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. Turner's daughter, Sarah, said he smoked most of his life. He knew it was a bad habit, but couldn't give it up. Turner said in the obituary that he was, quote, an idiot who made the same stupid decision day after day, end quote. I've never seen that before, where somebody writes an obituary about their medical condition and maybe what they were doing and, uh, you know, wanting to uh, warn others. But I think it could be quite effective if the word is spread like we are tonight. Now, with regard to smoking, we uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had on Dr. Wong, who heads up the lung transplant program at Houston Methodist Hospital, and we talked about vaping. And let me, let me just spend a minute here talking about the whole vaping story. If you didn't catch that article, that, um, that episode... Go back. I will have it posted on the podcast. But vaping is no better. It Well, let me say this. It is better than smoking a pack of Camels or Marlboros or any other cigarette. But to think that it is a, a safe, benign process, that your 15-year-old is vaping, and you're like, oh, Bob, thank God little Tommy is vaping instead of smoking behind the school. You're crazy. It's not healthy. And it has been shown to lead to smoking of cigarettes. And so we all know that smoking of cigarettes is associated with heart disease, premature death, lung cancer, chronic bronchitis, asthma, emphysema, and all sorts of other nasty stuff. Brown teeth, brown fingernails, okay? So uh, take a look at that. All right, uh, here's an article related to a link between the bacteria in your gut the intestinal microbiome, and certain chronic diseases. And this particular article has to do with lupus, which is a systemic autoimmune disease that many of you have heard of. And with any of these autoimmune diseases, it is your body's own immune system. The very thing that is supposed to keep us safe and healthy and pretty is attacking us. I tell my patients that it's a civil war inside your body with the immune system. It's like the police are attacking the good guys. And this particular study has found that within those people that have 
lupus or systemic lupus, SLE, which causes chronic inflammation of the connective tissue involving things like your cartilage and lining of blood vessels, affecting, by the way, 1.5 million Americans, they have found that a particular form of lupus that affects the kidneys, it's called lupus nephritis, which can be fatal, can cause significant impairment of kidney function. They found that a certain microorganism or bacteria in the intestine was much higher during these flares or exacerbations of lupus nephritis. And what they found is that a particular bacteria was found five times more likely. Ruminococcus navis. Ruminococcus navis. In 17, William, will, uh, 17 women that they studied, I'm sorry, 61 women diagnosed with lupus had five times the normal gut bacteria. Then 17 William, similar ages and racial backgrounds that did not have lupus. So there was 61 in the lupus category, 17 in the control. They did not have excessive uh, uh, this particular type of bacteria. And so we have known for quite a while that this imbalance of bacteria, this imbalance of the microbiome is associated with all sorts of, of different diseases. Everything from irritable bowel, inflammatory bowel disease, hypertension, certain heart issues, lupus now, lupus nephritis, fatty liver and cirrhosis. So these bacteria play a very delicate balance when we have the right amount of the good guys and the right amount of the bad guys. And there's growing evidence that a lot of these changes in the bacteria where you, you, you lose the good bacteria and substitute it for a, back, a bad bacteria is associated with, with, with what we eat. Processed foods stripped of fiber, stripped of the nutrients tend to cause a shift to the more bad bacteria. So dietary fiber is key. Where do you get dietary fiber? Eat vegetables. There's also a fair amount of evidence that artificial sweeteners screw up these bacteria. So it's a very interesting article. I posted it for those that have lupus and maybe something for you to look at. All right. The last article before we take a break has to do with nuts and, uh, and, uh, and diabetes. This is a study out of India. And what they found is that when you eat tree nuts, which is almonds, walnuts, and pistachios, you are protected from cardiovascular disease, along with doing sit-ups, as I said at the beginning of uh, push-ups, as I said at the beginning of the program, by eating a handful of tree nuts daily. And these are the almonds, walnuts, and pistachios may reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease amongst people with type 2 diabetes. This is the adult-onset diabetes. And these nuts, as I have said time and time again, they are full of unsaturated fatty acids, the good fats. 
phytochemicals, fiber, vitamin E, folate, certain minerals including calcium, potassium, magnesium. It's just a treasure trove of vitamins from these nuts. So I would say if you have type 2 diabetes, it would probably be a good idea to eat more nuts. If you don't have type 2 diabetes, I would still eat a handful of nuts every day. It's good for your fiber, good for your microbiome. It satisfies you. You're not craving to have a Twinkie at 2 in the afternoon when you walk by the vending machine at the, at the plant. Now, the one thing I will say about nuts, not all nuts are, are created equal from a commercial standpoint. Now, what, what I do, I will buy raw nuts. You could buy them at most grocery stores if you look. Certainly a place like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's has raw nuts. Now, raw nuts are not dry roasted. When you dry roast these nuts, they certainly do taste better because there's oil impregnated, which means extra calories, extra fat that you don't need. And salt. If you're watching your salt, a raw nut is unsalted. So what I would do, look for the raw, unsalted nuts, be it pistachio, walnuts, and almonds, and go from there. If you want to roast them, put them in the oven yourself. Put a little pepper, a little garlic powder, and mm, 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 it is good. Think about it. Final segment coming up. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Thanks very much again for tuning in. Let me know what you think. Go to drjogalati.com. Sign up for a newsletter. Don't forget, Eating Yourself Sick, my new book. Everything you need to know about wellness for you and your family eating yourself sick. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Final segment of Your Health First on this Sunday evening, Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, go to drjogalati.com, drjogalati.com. Now, you may be sitting there saying, well, how, do you, how does this guy spell his name? G-A-L-A-T-I, Dr. Joe Galati. No spaces, no periods, just drjogalati.com. All right, final segment here. Hope you're having a good Sunday night and getting planned for the weekend. And, you know, for so many years, what I've been doing is we, we've always used Sunday night as the time to plan the week out. What are we eating? What are our activities? Looking at a calendar. And, and planning, it would be around not only what we were doing, but what about eating? It's always very, very important that you have that plan for you, your family, your kids, and those that you care most about. In the final segment here, I found an article which was in the New York Times column in their health section in their phys ed 
area. And I, I would say if you are interested in health and wellness, this is a very nice column by Gretchen Reynolds. And it has to do with exercise and depression. Now, the slight twist here is this is a study that I don't think has has really ever been done to this level. Now, there have been studies in the past that show exercise, one form or another, is good for your mood. Makes you a little happier. It doesn't make you as depressed. Maybe you sleep a little better. You tend to wake up a little bit more refreshed when you exercise. I think we all know this. But this particular study got into it way deeper. And it's pretty interesting. They get into this Mendelian randomization. And what they did was they went into a database of, I believe, 400,000 men and women. And we carry a little piece of genetic material that is encoded for whether or not you are at risk for depression and also whether you are going to be active or more sedentary. And so what they did was they looked at the people that had the more active gene and the depression gene, and lo and behold, they found that the people that were less depressed exercised more, and vice versa. Now, there's still a lot of questions that one would have when you look at something to this grand scale. And what they found is that about 15 minutes a day is enough to reduce the chance of developing depression. Now, if you had less taxing exercise, let's say say housework, uh, walking fast, you needed about an hour to cut down and make a, a dent in the depression. So for those that, you know, again, you're not going to go to the laboratory tomorrow and say, hey, test me, test my genes for depression or test my, test my genes if, if, if I should be more active or not. The bottom line is somehow we all need to carve out time a little every day for some vis- vigorous exercise. And there's so many ways to do that. Ride a bike, get a stationary bike, go running, get on a treadmill, do some workouts, play basketball, play a little tennis, play a little handball. There's so many things that we all could do and realize that it may have a definite impact on your depression. Now, the reason I brought this up and the reason it caught my eye, so many of my patients say or report that they are depressed. They just are not happy. They feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. The glass is half empty, and I, and I do not understand why. I do talk with them. Now, I am not a psychiatrist, but I believe I need to take a few minutes and talk with my patients and try to understand 
what's going on because if they're depressed, it's going to interfere with what I have to do with them. If they're depressed, they're not going to eat well. If they're depressed, they're probably not going to exercise. If they're depressed, they're less likely to follow up. And, and so I do take tremendous interest in this. But so many people out there, many of you listening tonight, just feel that their life is just not right. They wish they were happier. And that's a, that's a, that's a tough nut to solve. But can we fix some of this with exercise and, and getting down to the, to the basics? I, I, I just don't know. So I think what you need to do is you have to be mindful with regard to not only what you're eating, and, and as I said at the very beginning of the program tonight, we have to get to a point where we are listening to our bodies. Are you getting these signals? Are you appreciating that little bit of abdominal pain or that pain in your leg, that pain in your neck, that pain in your side, the shortness of breath, the wheezing that you may be getting? And, and, and again, you don't want to become hypochondriacs, but you need to listen to what's going on. All right, we're going to close out for tonight. I'm going to pick a song that should make you a little happy as we as we go out of here tonight. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, to go to drjogalati.com. We'll see you next Sunday night. Have a great week. Truly, I do mean that. Stay well now. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.